0: Welcome back to the Icing Podcast. Today we're going over everything in the playoffs so far. Sorry, I haven't uploaded in a while. Um, my co-host Noah hasn't had his Wi-Fi. It's been blacked out, so I've been waiting for that. He still isn't able to. I decided I'd just record on my own. But without further ado, let's get right into it. Um, Starting with Jack Adams winner, Daryl Sutter coach of the Calgary Flames. He ended up winning the award for best coach in the NHL. Well-deserved. They had a good playoff run before being stopped by the Oilers. The question for the Flames this summer is, can they keep Johnny Gaudreau, who's one of their best players and probably still considered one of the best in the league? I don't know what you guys think, but I think he's a really, really good player and they need to keep him. And that's a pretty common opinion, but I think he's one of the best, you know, one of the best players in the league. So, Daryl Sutter, again, winning the Jack Adams Award for best coach in hockey. Next up, Carey Price wins the Bill Masterton Trophy. The Bill Masterton Trophy. Um, I forgot what that one actually is. The Masterton, persevering sportsmanship and dedication to hockey. He was injured for all of the year, but he he kept fighting. He kept, you know, staying with the team. He wins the Bill Masterton Memorial Trophy, again, for perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication to hockey in 2022. Next up, we'll go with the King Clancy Memorial Trophy, going to P.K. Subban. Pecorine was the one that announced it, and then apparently – uh, P.K. Subban defenseman for the Devils wins the King Clancy. I'm not sure what that one actually is. Let's take a look. Um, Sports award given annually to the National Hockey League player who best exemplifies leadership qualities on and off the ice, who has made a significant humanitarian contribution to his community. That's what uh, P.K. Subban won. And defenseman for the Devils winning with the Kane Clancy Memorial Trophy. <clears throat> Next up, the Lady Bing Trophy goes to Kyle Connor, the forward for the Winnipeg Jets. He was named on 181 of the 195 ballots cast with 122 first place selections. That's absolutely crazy. Lady Bing Trophy is awarded to the best. Or the player adjudicated, adjudged, sorry, I don't know why I said adjudicated. The player adjudged to have exhibited the best type of sportsmanship in gentlemanly con- conduct combined with a high standard of playing ability. Again, the, to the player adjudged to have exhibited the best type of sportsmanship and gentlemanly conduct combined with a high standard of playing ability. Um, He won it. I'm not sure how many penalty minutes he had. Last year, it was Jacob Slavin. Jacob Slavin got second this year. Slavin received votes on 141 ballots and was top choice for 31. And then Jared Spurgeon, the third place, he was a finalist for the second consecutive season. He finished third with 272 points, six first-place selections. Kyle Connor had a solid offensive season. I'm trying to figure out how many, uh, how many penalty minutes he took. Doesn't say, but um, still a big accomplishment for the Winnipeg Jets and their forward Kyle Connor again winning the Lady Bing for sportsmanship and gentlemanly play. Last trophy we have to bring to you is Patrice Bergeron wins his fifth Selke Trophy for um, best two-way player, offensive defense. Or, sorry, defensive attacker bergeron has won this five times now he's one of the best you know they could rename this thing the uh bergeron trophy like he he could they could honestly name it he's been so dominant in winning this award he always seems to you know get the most votes because he just does it he he goes out there he scores a lot of goals but he's also a key defensive player to help the Bruins. So, now that we're done with the awards, I'll stay on topic with the Bruins. The Bruins coach, Bruce Cassidy, is fired after six seasons. This shocked me a, like a whole bunch. They, the Bruins went 24, 245, five one hundred and forty six and 46 with him as head coach. And then they made the cup final in 2019, which is not that long ago. He seemed like a really good coach to me. I really like the way he's done it. There, he seemed like he seems like a guy I would like to have coaching my team. He's definitely going to get another job. I don't think that's a doubt for me. I really think he will. He, I think he's a very good coach, as much as I hate the Bruins, I admit that he's a, one of the best coaches in the business. I don't know how he got fired. Again, he was a heck of a coach while there at the Bruins. Now, moving on to some signings Jack Roslovic. Signed a two-year, $8 million contract to stay with the Columbus Blue Jackets. He would have been an RFA on July 13th. Um, his AAV average annual value, $4 million. He's 25 years old now. He had, This past season, he had 22 goals, 23 assists, for a total of 45 points in 81 games. And he was on the top line with Nyquist and Borchek. Out, you know, in the end of the year, because Boone Jenner would normally be there. So that's signing again, $8 million, two years for Jack Roslovich of the um, Columbus Blue Jackets. Next up, Dennis Girionov, one year, $2.9 million with the Dallas Stars. He stays there. He would have been another RFA on July 13th. So I think this is probably a prove-it deal. He had 31 points, 11 goals, 20 assists, and 73 games in the regular season. But he didn't have a point in any of the Stanley Cup playoff games. He was a first round pick in twenty fifteen. Ninety four points in his career. Played two hundred and fourteen games, and seventeen points in playoff in thirty two playoff games. Um, let's see. Oh yeah, and then Rick Bonus stepped down on May 20th as coach on May twentieth. Actually, just seeing that. Actually, I saw it a while ago, but just kind of remembering that that happened. Speaking of the stars, again, I thought he was a solid coach as well, but, you know, he stepped down, and I guess he didn't like it. So, we'll see. We'll see what happens with Rick Bonus. Now with some Lightning Rangers news, Braden Point, one of the best attackers for the Lightning, he could be back for game five after missing eight games with a lower body injury. He could be back for game five. Huge. That would give him a big advantage. I think he's one of the reasons they lost – first two games because he wasn't there he scores a lot of their goals he gets a lot of assists he supports the team a lot he's top tier in my mind as a player so he might be able to play for game five in madison square garden again that series is also tied 2-2 so he could be a deciding factor in this series last up on the news uh, part of this episode strom and Heedle. Two Rangers players are game time decisions in Game Five. They're two centers. So that's huge. If they can, if they're missing two centers, that's gonna hurt the team a heck of a lot against a team like the Lightning that would be able to capitalize on that. Filipino's having having a really good playoffs this year though. Like he he's scoring goals. He's chipping in. That kid lines on fire with Lafreniere, Lexi Lafreniere, Filipino. And caco That line is absolutely on fire in this playoffs. They're really, really need, you know, heedle to be playing in this. Um, and then Strome anchors the second line. That's another key line for them to get scoring for, from not Mika Zibanejad because he's scoring like all their goals. That and the kid, Mika Zibanejad, Chris Kreider, and the kid line are scoring all your goals. Panarin's. And, and, you know, with Panarin, and Strom, I forgot who else had a good draw on the second line. That's a, that they need that line together as well. So those would be key losses if they're not playing. I'd assume at least one of them will be playing, though. I don't think they're going to be able to go without both these guys. Now we move on to the playoffs. I'll go over all the first round series briefly, move into the second round and then the conference finals and preview who I think is going to play in the Stanley Cup finals and make predictions. Um, First round, Panthers versus Capitals, Washington won game 1-4-2, game 2, Florida 5-1, game 3, Washington 6-1, game 4, Florida 3-2 in overtime, game 5, Florida 5-3, and then game 6, Florida 4-3 in overtime. I'm surprised that series even went to 6. Like, the Florida Panthers should have been able to take that in 5, no doubt in my mind. But the Capitals put up a good fight. I got to admit, they did really, really well. I was pleasantly surprised by the Capitals in this playoffs. Now, I wasn't expecting them to make it out, even once they did win, go up 2-1 in the series. I was like, nah, there's no way they win. But, I mean, they put up a really good fight in all these games. The two of the games they lost were in overtime, including the clincher in game six. Overall, Florida deserve, deserved to win that game. And all those games, but Washington absolutely dominated in the games they won. Next series, in seven, the Lightning won 4-3 over the Maple Leafs. Toronto won the first game 5-0. That, that was a real wake-up call, I got to say. I expected more from Tampa Bay in a game one in the first round. But they got absolutely slapped. It was like a slap in the face to them. They got beat 5-0 to Toronto. Then they went the then they went back in the right direction, won 5-3 over Toronto. Toronto again, 5-2. Then Tampa 7-3. This was a back and forth series. Toronto, then again, 4-3. And then Tampa took the last two 4-3 in overtime in the game six. And then 2-1 in game seven for the Lightning to win the series. That was a series I expected to be tight, but this wasn't as tight of a series as I thought because, look, the Toronto won the first game 5-0, Tampa won by two, but Toronto by three, Tampa by four. They weren't close games except for game five, six, and seven. The first four were just wide open, lots of scoring. That wasn't what I expected from this series. Now, Toronto uses another game seven. They have not made it out of the first round in a long while. So that that the woes continue in the playoffs and the lightning continue their run at a third Stanley Cup consecutively then the hurricanes versus the bruins in the eastern conference carolina 5-1 over boston and 5-2 over boston in the first two games in game 3 it was 4-2 boston in game 4 5-2 boston game 5 5-1 carolina game 6 Boston in game seven, I was there. It was an amazing game, 3-2 Carolina. Now, the game wasn't as close as that because the one was a a goal with 20 seconds left for Boston. So it actually was probably, you know, the equivalent of a 3-1 game. Overall, though, the Hurricanes should have been able to win this in five or six, but they can't win on the road, and that was what led to their demise in this playoffs. They couldn't win on the road for their lives, and eventually that would come up to bite them as they wouldn't be able to win at home the whole time. That came up in the second round as a big problem for Carolina. I thought they played really well in this series at home, but they honestly stunk on the road most of the time. They did have one game, I believe it was May, or May 8th, Sunday game, game four. That game was a game that Carolina really played well. They, they should have won that game the way they played, in my opinion. On to the next series, Rangers versus Penguins. The triple OT game where Pittsburgh won 4-3. Then the Rangers won 5-2 in game two. And Pittsburgh 7-4 and 7-2 in game three and four to go 3-1. And then the Rangers stormed back winning 5-3, five, 5-3, three, five, three, and 4-3 in overtime. Panarin's goal led them in game seven in overtime. That was a huge series for the Rangers. They're still going. I mean, they're making a heck of a playoff run after coming back from 3-1 in the first round. They're in the Eastern Conference Finals tied 2-2 with the reigning two-time Stanley Cup champs. I really think the Rangers are playing good this playoffs. They've hit their stride. Crider has been awesome. Zabinajad's absolutely on fire. And that kid line has showed up of Lafreniere, Kako, and Hito. That that's the key for them. If they can keep Caco Lafreniere and Heel going on the pace they're going, they could honestly win the cup. I don't think they will, but I wouldn't count them out if that all those lines, those three lines are going. And you know they're getting solid pitching from their their fourth line, which is you know that's great. You always like that. Moving on, a sweep—the only sweep. Of the first round, Avalanche over the Predators, 7-2, 2-1 in overtime. That one actually shocked me. I thought that was gonna be like made four-one comfortable win. And then it was 7-3 Colorado and 5-3 Colorado for the sweep. I can't say I expected more from Nashville. They played really good with the backup goalie. I really I think they played solid, but obviously Colorado is the better team. They're a more talented team, and they deserve to win that series. In a sweep, too. Like they didn't, I can't say one game where Nashville really deserved to win the game. So it would have, you know, probably been four either way, you know, even if they hadn't played their best Colorado. Next up, Wild Blues. This game went, or this series went to six. St. Louis won the first one 4 0, out by Ville Hattrick from Perrone. Perrone was absolutely on fire in this playoffs. Still one of the goal leaders, and he hasn't even played a game recently. He had a hat trick and a couple of two-goal games. He was absolutely on fire this playoffs. So then game two, 6-2 Minnesota. Game three, 5-1 Minnesota. And then St. Louis won the next three, 5-2, 5-2, and 5-1. So that was the Wild Blues overall solid series. Um, Bringing back Jordan Bennington really helped St. Louis. Um, Minnesota wasn't able to keep up with it. Mm, that was a key. That was definitely a key in this series. Next series, playing Stars. Game one went to Calgary 1-0. And then game two, 2-0. Game three, four, to 2- Dallas. So Dallas went up 2-1. And that was shocking to me. I wasn't expecting Dallas put up much of a fight, but they did really well in this series, taking it to seven. Game four, 4-1 Calgary. Game five, 3-1 Calgary. And then on the brink, Dallas was able to take it at home and send it to a game seven where they lost in overtime. That was a series I was really impressed with Dallas. Dallas played a phenomenal series. I could honestly say they could have won that series in seven. In this Game 7, they could have won that series. They played good enough in all these games to win. They played some phenomenal defense, preventing a lot of chances for Calgary. And they played really good on offense. They were getting the goals in, for sure. Well, at least when they won, they were getting the goals in, in two of those games. They scored, let's see, 8, 10, 11, 12, 14 goals in the series. Compared to Calgary, I had 5, 8, 12, 13, 15. So overall, it was a 15-14 series in favor of Calgary in terms of the scoring. You know, you can see how Gallus would deserve to maybe win that series the way they played. It was just Calgary had enough talent, and they were able to shut them down enough. On to the next series, and the last one of the first round, Oilers versus Kings. Oilers in seven, they won this one. Um. Game 1, LA 1-4-3, and then Edmonton 6-0, Edmonton 8-2, Los Angeles 4-0, Los Angeles 5-4 in overtime, Edmonton 4-2 in game 6, and then Edmonton 2-0 in game 7. The reason they won the series is because LA didn't have a good enough defense to compare with their offense. LA could score, but Edmonton just outscored them in some of these games. Game 5 is a prime example. And then in, you know, in game four, Edmonton just couldn't play defense, and L.A. had a solid enough defense to win the game. Overall, Edmonton deserved to win that, probably. But L.A. put up a phenomenal series, in my opinion, as well. On to the second round, we have Panthers versus Lightning. This one was a shocking one. Tampa in a sweep. I mean, I had Florida in the cup, and they got swept in the second round. I mean, I know their power play wasn't going, and that was a problem, but they just didn't score. Like, they scored three goals in the entire series compared to the Lightning, scoring 6-11-13. 13-3 was the scoring in the series. Tampa Bay basically dominated. They went 4-1, 2-1, 5-1, and 2-0, all in favor of Tampa. Nothing went to overtime. There was nothing, nothing whatsoever. Next up, Canes Rangers. Canes took all their games at home except for the critical game seven. This, now, this is the thing in this series. First, let me go over the score and then I'll tell you. But 2 1, Carolina in overtime. <clears throat> game 2 Carolina. 3 1, Rangers in game three. 4 1, Rangers in game four. Then Canes came back to home 3 1, and then Rangers 5 2, and Rangers 6 2. Now, the key in this series was the fact that it went to game seven. In game seven, Carolina played two straight game sevens. So they weren't ready or they weren't fully 100%. They needed to be 100% in that game. They weren't. They weren't at all. They weren't ready. They weren't, you know, they were expecting, oh, it's home. Nope. It. They got toyed on 6-2. I think key also was the fact that they didn't have Freddie Anderson. Freddie Anderson had better long-term stamina, I think endurance. Freddie Anderson almost, you know, was a Vesna finalist. So Freddie would have done better in these playoffs. Auntie Ronda did phenomenal in the first 12 games, but you can't expect a career backup goalie to come in and play 14 straight games at top level. You can expect him to play 10. You can expect him to do probably, you know, you know, less than 10, 10 or less, but not 14. You can't, you can't do that. You gotta let him have rest. And their backup, well, he's only played three games. He's out of Russia. So there's a language barrier there for the backup. And there is the fact that he's only played three NHL games, one of which was against like the Devils, one of which was against the Islanders, and the other was against I forgot who, but still. Point remains that they needed to be able to finish one of these two series, whether it was against the Bruins or the Rangers, in not seven games. And, again, they were, weren't able to take anything on the road, and that was what, again, led to their demise in this playoffs. Rangers also played a really good series. Again, the kid line came up big. And then up next, Avalanche versus Blues. Colorado won 3-2 in the first game in overtime. Then St. Louis 4-1, Colorado 5-2, Colorado 6-3, St. Louis 5-4 in overtime, and then Colorado 3-2 in game zip. So I'm surprised the series went to six. Now, if you remember from before the playoffs when we were making our predictions, we thought this game might happen, whether whether it was either team, it was kind of going to be like a tester for the Avalanche. Is the Avalanche the real deal? Because the The Blues, whether it was the Blues or the Wild, they weren't going to give up easy. They were going to put up a fight in all these games. Now, we were able to see that the Colorado was the real deal in this series. They were able to put up a pretty convincing series against St. Louis. Now, probably should have been done in five, you'd think. Yeah, but they did good in the series nonetheless. I think St. Louis played a really good series. Jordan Bennington did good as well before getting injured. Last up in the second round, Flames versus Oilers. This was an Oilers four one series win. Calgary took the first game nine to six, nine to six. Fifteen goals in the game. That's more than the the that's like in that game they had one less than the amount in the whole entire Tampa versus Florida series. In the entire Tampa versus Florida series, they had sixteen goals. Calgary and Edmonton almost beat that in game one. It's crazy. That that was a back-and-forth game, though. Absolutely crazy. A lot of goals. Had hat-trick, I think, from – I forgot who, but it might have been Vander Kane, but hat-trick in that game. In game two, it was 5-3 Edmonton, 4-1 Edmonton, 5-3 Edmonton, and 5-4 in overtime Edmonton. Edmonton was able to win the rest of these games – I wouldn't say they dominated in any games, though. Calgary was always putting up a fight. That was the thing. And they they weren't going to go out easy with the coach of the year and Daryl Slitter. On to the conference finals. Start off with a series that's already over. Avalanche swept the Oilers 8-6 in game one, 4-0 in game two, 4-2 in game three, and 6-5 in overtime in game four. Now, I thought Edmonton would lose in five, but I was wrong. Going into the series, I thought it was going to be in five, Colorado. But it went it went in four. Colorado really dominated except for you know game four because it was overtime. Now on to the series that is still going on. Rangers versus Lightning. Rangers 6-2 in game one and 3-2 in game two. Then Tampa came back home 3-2 and 4-1. Bring the series tied at two last three games Rangers have home ice Tampa is going to need to win on the road I think they will I think Tampa is going to win this series in game seven and spoil it for New York that's my prediction I think game five is going to New York actually no actually no actually game five is going to Tampa Bay Game five is going to Tampa Bay at Madison Square Garden. And it's going to be a close game, I think, in 4-3 in overtime, maybe. Something overtime. It's going to be a close game in overtime. Game six, Rangers are going to play like they, like, desperation. And they're going to be able to take it in Tampa Bay, prevent them from winning the series in six. Again, I think this might be close, but I could also see it being, like, 4-2, 5-2. Two, two. By 4-2 and an empty net, so 5-2. That's what I'm thinking there. And then game seven, Tampa, just the better team. I think they're going to be able to come out on top. And that that would be the key to the series if they can come out on top in game seven. That's going to be a defining game for the Rangers and Lightning. Whoever wins this, that's going to be a defining game for the Stanley Cup final. So in this series, I have Tampa in seven. So let me make my finals predictions if I'm right. So if it's Tampa versus Colorado, I have Colorado in seven. Colorado in seven. I have Tampa winning their two games at home first and Colorado winning their two at home. And Colorado will probably take theirs at home and then Tampa will take theirs at home and then Colorado at home actually. I think it's going to be a home ice series if it's that. It could be a home ice series. That's what I'm going with. Now, if it's Avalanche versus Rangers, I have going Avalanche in six. I have Rangers game one, Avalanche game two, um, Rangers game three, Avalanche, Rangers, Avalanche. So it would be in six. Colorado takes game six, game four, and game two. Yeah, six, four, five, and two, I think is what it is. Six, five, four, and two would we'll be going to Colorado if that happens, to me, in my opinion. So that's all I've got for you in this episode. So I hope I'll be able to see you in the next one. Hopefully it's coming a bit sooner than, you know, maybe in next week, maybe a couple of days. Hoping for the sooner. So I'll see you in that episode wherever that is. Peace out.